Gentlemen, Rob Port here on WDAY. Your call-in numbers. If you want to join the program, 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. That's the toll-free number. You can email me to talk at WDAY.com. So uh, today we're going to be uh, a little bit later in the program. Governor Doug Burgum held a, a very long meeting. I, I think it was something like a five-hour meeting with tribal officials concerning the Dakota Access Pipeline situation. That was held last night. Scott Davis, who works as the uh, Commissioner of Indian Affairs uh, for Governor Burgum, he held that same position under Governor Dalrymple. He's going to be joining me here a little bit later in the program uh, to chat about that meeting, You know what the developments are, where we're at. So we're going to talk about that. A little bit later in the program, uh, but right now I, I want to talk about something that I saw that's that's pretty interesting. You know, since since election day, there has been a lot of people upset about the outcome of the national election. Obviously, I mean, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that people are unhappy, and and one one very frequent scapegoat for that situation is the electoral college right people are upset uh they think that the you know you know the electoral college is some sort of an anachronism that hillary clinton should be president because she won the national vote by you know two plus million votes whatever that number is um which you know i first of all before we even get into the, the point of the electoral college I think there's two points to make about that. First of all, Hillary Clinton didn't really win the popular vote either. She got, you know, 48% of the vote, right? Neither Trump nor Hillary Clinton got a 50 plus one majority of the popular vote. Uh, Also, Hillary Clinton, her margin of victory over Donald Trump, while, yes, it's millions of votes, we're talking about, you know, what, some 140 million votes cast in the United States. Her margin of victory was about two percentage points over Donald Trump. It was a very, very close election. Now, Trump won the Electoral College, though, so that makes him president. And and some people, I guess, think, well, Hillary Clinton got more of the popular vote. She didn't win the popular vote, but she got more of the popular vote, more than any other candidate on the national ballot. Therefore, she should be president. But I, I think the Electoral College is a good thing, and not just because Trump won, um, I thought the Electoral College was a good thing back when Bill Clinton was winning the White House, despite not getting a majority of, of the popular vote. I think the Electoral College is a good thing in the same way that the filibuster is a good thing in that it requires something more than a simple majority to impact national policy, right? You know, people complain about the filibuster all the time and how it's used by obstructionists or whatever. And and I look at the filibuster differently. I look at the filibuster as a mandate for the majority faction in the U.S. Senate to get at least some level of buy-in from the minority faction before they can pass national policy. I think that's a good thing. I I, I think passing a law that is going to be implemented for the entire United States of America for our big country with hundreds of millions of citizens 
our giant country that is, you know, large geologically, large in terms of population, very diverse, both in geography and population, should require something more than a, you know, 50 plus one vote in the United States Senate. I like the filibuster for that reason. And and thus, I also like the Electoral College. And, and here's why. Uh, there's a reports reports out today. It's in Politico. It's in Washington Free Beacon. Uh, and basically, the reports say that the Democratic members of Congress and I'm, I'm quoting now from Washington Free Beacon, Democratic members of Congress are learning how to converse with regular people during a retreat this week to prepare to battle President Donald Trump. Uh, the Free Beacon report continues, one session at the Democratic retreat focused on speaking to those who feel invisible in rural America. Uh, the report continues, two others were titled Listening to Those who feel unheard and rising America, they feel unheard too. So essentially what the Democrats are doing, they, they lost the national election. And so now what Democrats are doing is they're trying to figure out how do we talk to the voters who didn't vote for us? How do we talk to people who voted for Donald Trump? That is a very, very healthy exercise, and I'm glad it's happening. And I think it's an example of why the Electoral College works. This is why the Electoral College works. Because if it weren't for the, for the Electoral College, if, if you look at the map, the county-by-county county map of, of counties that went for Donald Trump and counties that went for Hillary Clinton, Clinton would have been elected, had, had, you know, had, had we simply gone by, by the popular vote, Clinton would have been elected by votes in, in very small geographically speaking, although certainly densely populated, very small areas of the country, right? I mean, Hillary Clinton could win the White House, or, or any candidate for that matter, could win the White House by appealing really only to the interests of people who live in, in coastal and or very urban areas. And I don't, I don't think that's right. In fact, I think that's a recipe for faction and division and turmoil far greater than anything that we're seeing right now. What the Electoral College does is it says to these candidates, winning the popular vote is not necessarily in and of itself what matters. In fact, the popular vote doesn't matter at all. What matters is, are you appealing to a broad geographic area in the country? That is an important thing. Because otherwise, what we're going to have is, is national leaders who only care what Los Angeles and Chicago and New York and Seattle think. And that's all that's going to matter. If you're the president of the United States, you are president of the whole country. That means you have to care what farmers and ranchers in Montana and North Dakota and South Dakota think along with what celebrities in Hollywood think or, you know, bankers in New York think or, or whatever. You have to appeal to a much broader demographic to win the Electoral College than to win the popular vote. It is a, it is a concept that, that I know runs contrary to, to what most people understand about democracy, right? Most people, you know, think democracy... Majority vote wins. And in a lot of ways, that's how it's practiced. But in the way the United States government was set up, we aim to protect 
from that sort of of just sort of pandering to the masses, right? The the way it's set up is politicians have to consider more than just that 50 getting to that 50 plus 1 vote total. You've got to appeal to something more. So now what's happening, Donald Trump is president of the United States, and Democrats are trying to figure out how to broaden the appeal of their party. Those are healthy things. And by the way, Republicans didn't win the popular vote, right? Well, neither did Hillary Clinton. But, but you know, Democrats got more in, in just raw vote than Republicans did. Republicans know that they can't necessarily hang their hat on winning the electoral college vote every single time. So Republicans also have to think about broadening their appeal. That is what the Electoral College does. Both parties have to figure out how to broaden their appeal, how to continue bringing in Americans into their tent and promoting ideas that represent those Americans in a much more nuanced way. I think that is a a positive thing. I think that's a healthy thing. I think that's why all the people out there who are saying that the Electoral College is wrong for this country you're wrong. You're, you're just flat out wrong. But what do you think? 701-293-9000, Love to get your thoughts. i got a whole post on this up at sayanythingblog.com if you want to check that out. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back, Rob Port, WDAY, 701-293-9000, is a toll-free number, email talk at WDAY.com. Emailer, uh, Brad, I was talking about last segment, obviously talking about the Electoral College and the popular vote. Reports are, Democrats are trying to figure out how to talk to Trump voters, how to talk to maybe some of us who live out here in in flyover country, uh, and I to me I to me I I think that proves the efficacy of the electoral college, right? Democrats understand that that, that to win elections they're going to have to appeal to people outside of urban slash coastal areas, and I think that's a healthy thing. Brad emails, Rob, if Gary Johnson was Ralph Nader, Trump would have won the popular vote. That's another reason I prefer the electoral college. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I I think maybe there's some truth in that. I, I think probably the libertarian candidate, uh, Gary Johnson, probably peeled more votes away from Trump than Clinton. Um, yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, let's see another emailer. Uh, lying Hillary got 57 counties, while President Trump got 3,041. Thank God for the Electoral College, where the United States uh, people got... Uh, Liberal people are a bunch of jerks and crybabies and are going to do everything possible along with the liberal mainstream media to make President Trump's life miserable. Um, I don't that that counties count thing. I don't I don't think that's accurate. I, I think Hillary Clinton won more than 57 counties. Uh, I think it's absolutely true that Trump won more counties overall. Uh, but a lot of those counties had much smaller, you know, much, much not as densely populated as the counties that. Hillary Clinton won, which is why Hillary Clinton won the popular vote and, and Trump won the Electoral College. Uh, still, I, I think the larger point, I, I think Democrats have more to gain instead of throwing temper tantrums about Donald Trump, 
instead of throwing temper tantrums about the Electoral College, is figuring out how do we appeal to a broader swath of Americans in some of these areas that will allow us to win the Electoral College. That is the beauty of the Electoral College. Democrats to win the national election have to become more appealing. Republicans to win the national election have to become more appealing or, or to maintain the majorities that they've built, I, I think, frankly, have to become more appealing. 701-293-9000, uh, Let's see. Tim is on the line. What's up, Tim? Well, my, my, my thing is once you understand statistics or facts, you can do anything you want with them. For example, Trump got 30 states. Hillary got 20. So what does that tell you? The other thing is, with the Democrats, with their retreat, and they want to get back to basics and court the voter again, it's not going to happen unless they're willing to do things that those 30 states say, let's have that. For example, here in North Dakota, we want coal, we want oil, we want agriculture, we want jobs, we don't want gun control. But in states like New York and California, if you throw those two states out, Trump won. He, he yeah. got the votes. Yeah, I know. I, I, I agree. In California and New York, they've got massive gun control. California, massive gun control. In California, they get a, a certain kind of car that you don't get anywhere else. You don't get to do things with oil and coal. And agriculture is highly restricted in California. Same way in New York. So if, if they yeah. want to, if they want to court the rural voter, the basic voter, they're going to have to change their attitude and their opinions in their party platform. They're going to they're going to have to come back to the center. I I, I think a part of listen, uh, North Dakota I think is a really good example of this because, and thanks for the call, Tim. Uh, North Dakota voters are not like extremist far right voters. Uh, North Dakotans, despite maybe what what some liberals or you know, media personalities in our state might want to think. North Dakota voters are not far-right voters. Uh, they have a long history of being, being willing to vote for Democrats. We had an all-Democratic congressional delegation for a very long time. I think the problem is is that North Dakotans are, are very centrist, very moderate, very, um, and, and very much in favor of, of certain things like agriculture. We want to be able to use the land. We want to be able to get coal out of the land. We want to be able to get oil and gas out of the land. Uh, you know, we want and we want to do those things pragmatically. So the problem, I, I think the reason why Republicans are so dominant in, in North Dakota is that the Democratic Party, both at the local and national level, has moved so far to the left that they've left the voters in North Dakota behind. I, I don't think North Dakota's voting inclinations have changed all that much. I think what's changed is the makeup of the party. The, North, the, the the Democratic Party moved so far to the left, there's just no room for North Dakota voters. So so if you're a North Dakota voter who might be inclined to vote with Democrats, but you work in the coal industry, or you have family that works in the coal industry, or or you think oil development's not that bad, and that oil companies aren't evil incarnate, you don't really have a place in the Democratic Party these days because that is essentially, I mean, they, they take that as an article of faith, the left does. That is dogma for them. So, you know, if, if, if the, if, and, and, you know, nobody, uh, you know, North Dakota's electoral, even with the Electoral College, North Dakota doesn't have that many electoral votes. So, you know, we don't matter. As, we're never going to matter as much as, say, Wisconsin. But 
I think North Dakota is a perfect example of why Democrats are losing. And, you know, the fact that the Electoral College is going to make Democrats, if, if they want to succeed again at the national level, make them have to moderate some of their positions, then the Electoral College is doing its job, and which I think is the point Tim was trying to make. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, North Dakota Commissioner of Indian Affairs Scott Davis is going to be on the program about Doug Burgum's meeting with tribal officials last night. Went late into the night, it sounds like. We'll talk with him about that. Don't go away. I thought I heard the captain say, pay me my money down. Tomorrow is our sailing day. Pay me my money down. Pay me, pay me, pay me my money down. Pay me or go to jail. Pay me my money down. Welcome back. We're out port here on WDAY. 701-293-9000. Your local number, 888-970-9329. Your toll-free number, email talk at WDAY. Dot com. My guest now, uh, Scott Davis. He is the Commissioner for Indian Affairs in the state of North Dakota. He works for Governor Doug Burgum, worked for Governor Jack Dalrymple uh, before that. Uh, Scott, welcome to the program. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Rob. Heard you guys had a long meeting last night between uh, our governor, lieutenant governor, other state officials, and tribal leaders, including uh, Chairman David Archambault. How'd it go? It went very well, uh, Rob. It was, it was a good, productive meeting, uh, a late meeting. Uh, but, you know, it was something that we had to do in, in light of uh, some decisions that were made on the federal level. And uh, we just wanted to really make sure that we are on the same page with uh, the, the, the chairman, the tribe, and also the district of uh, Cannonball. So it was very productive last night. What was discussed specifically? Well, you know, we, we got into just a little bit more of a listening session that the governor wanted to, because uh, that was his first time, you know, down there meeting with uh, uh, the tribal folks, you know, and so it was more listening uh, from not so much the uh, the leadership, but more of the community members. Um, we had former uh, council members there, uh, elders there. We had uh, directors, um, uh, department heads. And also, interestingly, we had uh, the heads been uh, – Within the camp there too, which give a, a really unique perspective too of what's going on currently in the camp. You know, somebody who is making a, a lot of a lot of waves on on social media and and certainly gets quoted a lot in in both local and national media is former U.S. House candidate Chase Ironize, and he's been saying some pretty pretty dark stuff on social media about you know it's it's our land or our lives. This is war. We're ready for battle. Was he at this meeting? No, he was not. Um, you know, and uh, you know, I think a lot of us, you know, are, are disappointed in, in where he's at with that because, you know, when when my tribe, my chairman, you know, our council, local, local district is saying, you know, by resolution to go home now, let's let's, let's end this. Um, you know, it's really frustrating uh, when someone like him and others. Uh, disobey or disrespect for that matter um those uh, those orders by by our tribe and it really puts us in a tough situation you know again um 
trying to manage people, manage people's emotions, you know, um, their cause, you know, then you, you know, trying to allow the first minute right and so forth. It's, it's been a, been a tough balancing act, you know, but folks like this, when they come back, um, and, uh, for, you know, different reasons, I guess it, it's really concerning. And I know a lot of my tribal members are concerned just, just as I am about his, his, uh, latest actions. I, I, I think everybody wants to avoid violence, right? I mean, there's, I, obviously the, the tribe has a position on the pipeline. You know, the state of North Dakota has, has approved the pipeline for our part. Obviously the federal government's, uh, decisions are up to the federal government. But, uh, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, everybody just wants peaceful. I mean, ha- have your say on the pipeline, but do it peacefully. And it just seems like the people left there in the camps, are getting that message. How many people are left in the camp at this point? I mean, what's the progress like in terms of the people moving out of the camps? Because obviously the tribes asked them to leave. How is that going? Well, it's, I think it's, you know, um, um, slow, you know, for, for various reasons. You know, I had a, uh, um, a friend from college, you know, who was sent uh, from Montana to, you know, he wasn't involved in the, in the, in the um, protesting, but he was sent by his tribe yesterday to go down and, and collect their 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 uh, some of their tents and so forth. And uh, it took him about four hours to get his retrieve some of those those things. So because the ice built up the snow, so uh, for those who are who are moving out, it's going to take you know a long time, you know, to get uh, things dethawed and and moved and you know get moved. So, uh, but the encouraging thing is that you know um, tribal council is is moving forward. You know the the uh, district of Cannonball uh, had their own meeting last night, and they moved forward to uh, to again to uh, just reiterate their their uh, resolution from last week is that all individuals in the camps in the in and around the Cannonball need to need to leave the district, and uh, they followed up with another part of their resolution uh, as far as uh, using their their BIA law enforcement uh, for. Uh, checkpoints and so that's encouraging news too you know uh so so the district of cannibal is is spoken pretty loud and clear here uh tribal council i'm, I'm sure will will we'll ratify that and uh from us as a state standpoint that uh gives us some assurity that uh we are we are on a better path of working together and uh yeah trying you know so so again going back to last night it was good dialogue but uh, things really you know we made a big step last night Sure. Tell me more about the checkpoint situation. Like, what what does that mean? I mean, are they going to restrict people going into the camps? How 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 does that work? Flesh that out for us. Yeah. Well, that's a good question, Rob. Because again, we're not we're not we weren't trying to negotiate or compromise sure. anything with the tribe. This is a tribal decision. You know, utilizing right. their BIA law enforcement and how the district wants to do these uh, law enforcement checkpoints. That's that's really up to them. You know, and uh, how they do it effectively uh, with their own people—that's that's their call. So, so all I can say is that our our law enforcement, our leadership here is going to be in in communication with that um, on how they do that. And if they need assistance, you know, we'll we'll be happy to assist uh, when called upon. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand. If you want to join the program, eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Talking with Scott Davis, he is the uh, commissioner for Indian Affairs. Uh, for the state of North Dakota, serving under Governor Doug Burgum, talking about a meeting that, that went pretty late. It, it was a very long meeting, but like Scott said, uh, a very productive meeting, uh, which is good to hear. I mean, I'm, I'm glad everybody's talking. I think talking is a lot better than 
you know, shouting at one another across barricades and, and stuff like that. So this is this is very productive, very happy to hear this. What, what does the tribe see as, as far as this going forward? I mean, if obviously the Trump administration seems inclined to, to let construction go forward, you know, what is the tribe planning on doing? I mean, are they just going to fight it in court or what? How, how do they feel about this pipeline project, you know, potentially moving forward? Well, that's a good question, Rob. One that uh, I guess, um, you know, one that's that's hard for me to answer because, you know, I know I know Chairman Archambault and the council is still going to move very, very strongly forward on on uh, trying to engage with uh, President Trump, the administration, the, the new appointees, uh through the BIA and all the federal, other federal agencies. So uh, I know they'll be working hard on that as well. So a lot of unknowns, you know, but what we have to deal with here is when those decisions come down, how do we deal that, how, how do we deal with that locally, you know, with the tribe, with our county and state in a more productive, communicative way uh, without, without any confrontations? You know, that's the whole goal here. Um, you know, part of this, too, is the bridge. You know, the bridge, we had a good discussion on the bridge, you know, what that means to the tribe historically, economically. Um, and that's that's important uh, lifeline to the tribe. It's, it's, it's had a big hardship on my tribe uh, economically and uh, safety, ambulance services. and uh, But, again, we all agree that we need to work very hard in getting that, that bridge open as soon as we can. You know what? One uh, talking about the bridge, and I wanted to ask about this. One persistent rumor that has flown around social media all along is that that bridge being closed down has put Standing Rock's casino, Prairie Nights, uh, in in a pretty dire fiscal position. Do you know anything about that, or what 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 is that position? Well, if, I'm, if you're talking overall economics, yeah. I mean, you got goods and services that that come and for come back and forth to the tribe. You know. Majority of my tribe shops up here in Bismarck, Menden, for for goods and services and so forth. And uh, so it, it's it, it's that uh, you know going out to casino to play. You know that's that's a big uh, a big reason for a destination for a lot of Bismarck, Mandan statewide people to go down there and play. So yeah, the bridges has been been tough on my tribe. And again, we recognize that. I know that. I've I've, I've uh, the governor knows that. And um, and we're going to do everything we can to. Uh, work with the tribe on getting that open as soon as we can. What was, was there any sort of an agreement? And, and I know that, that Governor Bergen was down there with the intent that it, you know, they're, they're there to listen to tribal concerns. Was there anything reached? Because I, I, I know at one point the state had their officials come down. They checked it out. They took some core samples. They concluded that there's still some repairs that need to be made. But then we saw an escalation in protest activities, which kind of had law enforcement saying, boy, we're not really in a position where we could get those repairs done and open this bridge yet. Was anything cleared up there in terms of, because I got to think that the tribe has an interest in keeping the protesters off that damn bridge so that it can get fixed so that, you know, commerce can flow back and forth to business. Because I'm sure the, the businesses of Bismarck Mandan would, would like their tribal customers back in their stores again, uh, just as, as you know, the, the tribe wants people coming down and, and visiting the casino and, and the tribal communities and bringing their commerce with them that way as well. Uh, was there any sort of a, a, an agreement or anything reached in terms of, of working towards getting that bridge open? No, we didn't. There was no agreements or, or negotiations of, of that nature, Rob. You know, a lot of it was just... Uh, communicating, you know, saying, agreeing that, hey, we agree on this issue, we agree on that issue, um, 
you know, and how do we move forward, you know, by communicating. And so that was, again, that was, uh, and I always use the word baby step. Uh, we, we achieved a big baby step last night by communicating, and, and now we, we can follow through on those uh, communications. So, uh, but again, you know, you look back at the, uh, at the, um, the camp itself, you know, with our weather, I mean, that too, to me, I think it sets the whole stage, you know, uh, when that place is going to flood. And I say when, as it will, we all know that. Uh, we, we have to work together on clearing that camp. And, uh, and how do we do that? We do it by communicating. And I think the other thing that we, uh, we agreed upon, uh, not by negotiation, but we just agreed upon, is that, uh, uh, that we don't blindside each other, you know, and uh, that the tribe makes a move, uh, what have you, or decisions, or, 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 you know, our offices make decisions, you know, that we don't blindside each other. And I think that's important. You know, we, we got to communicate on this thing, and uh, uh, whether it's real time. And, and, and that was a concern why I, I brokered the meeting last night, you know, because there was just a, kind of a feeling in the air that, you know, there's uncertainty. And, you know, we've got to talk. And fortunately, uh, you know how how busy uh, chairman and the governor are these days. It's it's uh, you gotta take advantage of their time, and and we achieved that last night. Even though it was a late meeting, we we, we got it done. Well, it's I I think everybody probably on on both sides of the issue is glad that everybody's talking, and and that is certainly as you said a, a baby step. And, and and frankly, I I hope I mean listen, we're not I I don't think we're gonna be able to you know find common ground on the pipeline i just think there's some people that just aren't ever going to like it and there's just some people that just think it's the right thing to do uh but you know uh, at the very least i think we can find a way for everybody to express their point of view on this and to have a process that arrives at conclusions without things turning into the sort of violence and and protesting and chaos that we saw last year i I don't think anybody wants to go back there uh which yeah you know, and Rob, that we recognize that both sides, we recognize that that hasn't got us anywhere. You know, all it gets, it gets attention, but it doesn't do us good. Doesn't do our our local people that live here. You know, myself, my neighbors. You know, Morton County, uh, Sioux County. It hasn't done us any good. You know, standing across from each other, hollering and shouting. That doesn't do anything. I think the the energy now needs to be focused in D.C. And then that's and that's I know Chairman and the Council are doing that. Um, and that's where that that fight should be in the court systems, and not not out uh, along the, the Cannibal River. That just is not working. Well, Scott, thank you so much for your time and for your leadership on this issue. We we appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. That's Scott Davis, uh, Commissioner of Indian Affairs, for uh, serving under uh, Governor Doug Burgum. More to come straight ahead. We'll wrap up the show. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 is a toll-free number. Email me, talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back. Don't go away. Welcome back. Got a couple of emails I want to get to before the show ends. Uh, somebody earlier had said that that Hillary only won 57 counties. Uh, she actually won 487 counties nationwide. President uh, Donald Trump won 2,626. Obviously, the county she won had more people living in them. Uh, let's see. Uh, Scott emails uh, that he doesn't elect. He doesn't agree with the Electoral College for two reasons. Uh, and he has a comparison about North Dakota, like if we had farmers in North Dakota whose votes count for more. I think the thing is, is you got to think of the Electoral College as a process for 50 sovereign states. Uh, 
deciding who the leader of the federal government's going to be, not a state election. There's a difference. It's called federalism. Read a little bit about it. It's very interesting. Um, anyway, I think the Electoral College is great, but we're out of time. Can't talk about it anymore. Hey, Jay Thomas Show coming up next. Remember, you can catch me right here, 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at North Dakota's most popular political blog, SayAnythingBlog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. Right